The 55th Super Bowl is this weekend. 55. And a game this big deserves a big prize. Not just some trophy. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of Super Bowl 55, has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs with their Super Bowl prediction pool. How's that for big? All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like who will score first, who will score last, and boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And now, the starting lineup for your Blue Notes podcast. Tom Franklin and the man called Wags. Hello and welcome to Blue Notes. I am one half of your Blue Notes team, Tom Franklin, joined by my teammates, the man called Wags. And we are your home for St. Louis Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. And that includes expert analysis, whether it's at Enterprise Center. When you're fighting for spots for the playoffs, one or two points could make the difference. And we'll be looking back at games like tonight here at Enterprise Center as lost opportunities. Or at home. Penalties, that was a big, big piece. You know, you're wearing down some of your best players because they're out on the, the ice for so many penalty kill opportunities. Just a complete breakdown. Blues first round pick, Jake Neighbors. Braden Chan texted me, and then uh, the head coach, Craig Berube, reached out as well, and um, Ryan O'Reilly as well. And then um, the next day on day two of the draft, uh, Tarasenko FaceTimed me. So uh, that was pretty cool. So. <laughs> and we're the only hockey podcast in the Hockey Podcast Network to have a Hawaiian hockey correspondent. The Hawaii Blues fan, Guy Bensing. In true Dan Kelly fashion, Dan Kelly says, F you, Keaton. I know who's the starting pitcher for game four of the World Series. You damn well know who the starting goalie is for game four of the NHL season. And then walked away. And we have a musician, too. Not only is he responsible for this fat beat you're listening to right now, but he has also performed absolute works of art. And it seems to me you played the game with a candle to your rear. Never wanting to leave the eyes when the pain set in. So check out Blue Notes wherever you get your podcast from. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump. 
listen to Blue Notes, and always play to the whistle. A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun. I was walking through the halls of a Minnesota rink When along came a wild fan who started talking smack to me He said, I bet you never liked the blues until they won a cup So I calmly turned to him and said, hey man, listen up I admit it's pretty great to win Lord Stanley's prize But listen, I've been waiting for this moment my whole life Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. That team from old St. Lou, man. Got a cup in here, 52, man. Give me a let's go blues. I know Brett Hall, Courtney Campbell, Cujo, Jenny Oates, Brown, Chase, Fjord, Zombo, Sezzle, Butcher, Shanty, Tilly, Tuttle, Sutter, Twister, Turcock, Kimball, Turgeon, Baron, Bassin, Pronger, Pearson, Bergevin, Bozon, Al McKinnis, Crab, Chuck, Howard, Chuck, Petrovicki, Pellerin, Dimitra, Yate, Corson, Conrad, Gretzky, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, heartbreak's all I knew, man, that team from old St. Lou, man, got a cup near 52, man, give me a let's go blues. <laughs> The starting lineup for your Blue Notes podcast, Tom Franklin and the man called Wags. Thanks a lot, Tom Calhoun, and hello and welcome to Blue Notes, located on the best city on the Mississippi, the best in the Midwest. We've got that Stanley Cup power, too sweet to be sour. And if you're still clueless, we are talking about St. Louis. This is your home for St. Louis Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. I am one of your co-hosts, Tom Franklin, joined by, well, my other co-host, the man called Wags. How's it going, bud? Oh, it's going great. Coming off of another big win in Anaheim tonight. Uh, Blues are on a three-game winning streak. We're going Uh, streaking! (laughs) Oh, God, no. No one wants to see either of us do that. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm trying to find you a date, after all, and uh, I think that might be a little too aggressive on, on your part. So, yeah, let's... That, let's that's let's that's make... second date territory. Second date territory. Yeah, se- yeah maybe second date, maybe. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. So, uh, anyways, uh, the Blues finally break their second game of a two-game set duck, if you will, against the Ducks. Uh, tonight, we'll talk about that game tonight and kind of what's led up to uh, tonight's game. Uh, actually, mostly from uh, Luke Widman, who has his week three wrap for us that he recorded for us before tonight's game. So uh, we'll hear from him in just a little bit. Uh, first of all, you can always find us on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. Very simple. Uh, we also have our Facebook group, the Blue Notes Bunch Wags. And uh, that group continues to grow. We are up to 93 members right now. And it's been fun getting involved in the conversation there. It really has because people have actually been conversing on it, you know, posting know. gifts and, and conversing about what's going on in the game. We're having some really good discussions about, you know, Philly Huso and Justin Falk. I mean, it's, it's a Justin Falk stand club now. So. That's right. That's right. That's part of the title. So if you look up Justin Falk stand club, you'll find the Blue Notes bunch as well because that's part of our title. So... <laughs> Who knew? Who knew we would be? Who knew we would have a Facebook group called the Justin Falk Stand Club after eight games? Uh, not me, because everybody <laughs> was ready to throw him up into Seattle uh, going into this season, and now we're kind of sitting here going, he might be our best defenseman. 
Well, that porn stash of his would have definitely played up in the uh, Pacific Northwest, that's for <laughs> sure. But uh, uh, he's our Falk, damn it, at least until he starts. He, he reverts to the Falk of last year, then uh, he may still be Seattle. Who, who, has, who has a better mustache, though? Justin Falk or Luke Whitbin? Oh God! Don't don't make me choose. Don't make me choose, <laughs> Luke. You, if you're listening, you gotta you gotta chime in on this. Yeah, yeah. Try and, and if you're even if you're not Luke, you know, feel free to comment and we'll uh, pop it up and uh, talk about it here on Blue Notes tonight. Uh, I, I hate to stab my friend Luke in the back, but you know, Falk's handlebars. That's uh, that's that's a, that's a hard uh, hard thing to beat. Uh, Luke says, I knew my greatest contribution is getting you to love Justin Falk because he's the one that was asking us yeah. to turn our Facebook group into the Justin Falk stand club. And, you know, we we listen to our customers. So um, and, 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 you, and you know why it, uh, Luke insisted we call it the Justin Falk stand club, not just because of uh, his great play, but Justin is Luke Whitman's daddy. There you go. That's all you needed to know. That is from the uh, fingers of Luke Whitbin himself, folks. So uh, shout out to uh, Kurt Price listening tonight, uh, host of the uh, Let's Go Radio uh, podcast, one of the original St. Louis Blues podcasts. He puts on a great show there. Check him out. He's also fun to chat with on Twitter as well. Um, so, by the way, um, we uh, we weren't going to play our own promo in the promo slot that promo is going to be heard on every single hockey podcast network outlet this week. So every Monday episode, every Thursday episode, Tuesday, Friday, Wednesday, whatever, it's going to be on there. I wasn't going to play it because, you know, I'm modest and I don't want to glow too much. I'm proud of that video. And I'm not just I'm not proud because of the way I put it together, which, it, you know, whatever. Um, but as you kind of pointed out, Wags. It shows how far this podcast has come. You know, we are um, over a hundred episodes strong. Um, back when I started doing this podcast from my damn closet, you know, with my clothes hanging behind me, and I looked, it looked real ratchet. Um, by the way, shout out to Blues Fan Reacts uh, on Twitter. Uh, he actually hopped on Guy Bensing's uh, post game show, the Hawaii Blues Fan, uh, yesterday on Facebook. And he broadcasts from his closet. So shout out to all of you closet podcasters out there. You're you're not alone. It's and, and we do it because of the acoustics, folks. We do it because of the acoustics. I'm out here though, just because I it was either that or my closet with my hockey jerseys, and I'm so full of hockey jerseys, wags, I, I wouldn't be able to fit in well, there. But, but you know, we'll, we'll tease this here. Uh, you're going to be announcing our interview tomorrow that we're having for our Thursday episode. Uh, you're going to probably have more jerseys coming your way very, very soon. But, probably. you know, when, when this first started, uh, yes, like how like, Weird Al started. <laughs> and everybody loves Weird Al. Come on. Who doesn't? Hearing, who doesn't like Weird Al? Uh, if you don't like Weird Al, you're not an American. Okay. 100% you... agreed. I'm pretty sure he's Canadian. Uh <laughs> Oh, you're not North American, okay? How about that? Mexico represent. <laughs> but like you were saying, it, it's amazing how far we've come because when you first started it, it, it was just a podcast. Then I was able to be fortunate enough to jump on with you, and we were still just doing podcasts. And then the pandemic hit, and we kind of pivoted to this video thing because this is how we had to record. And it's grown from just us being on video to now bringing in guys like Luke Whitbin and Guy Bensing. And then we've had guests coming on as well, including Jim Thomas, Jake Neighbors. It's it's not so much that we're being, you know, uh, 
I guess, egotistical, but we're right. really just proud of what we've been able to accomplish. And it's nice. It's nice to just kind of showcase that and say, Hey, look, th this actually is where we're at. We're doing pretty well. And we can make a two and a half minute promo uh, that is exceptionally long compared to other hockey podcast network promos because we've done the work. Yes. So that's what I that's what I like to say anyway. And and we are so glad that each and every one of you uh, are with us here uh, watching Blue Notes, listening to Blue Notes. I mean, we may we may not be the biggest podcast. We may not have Let's Go Radios, Let's Go Blues uh, numbers. You know, Kurt Price's podcast. But you know what. Um, you're with us. We adore each and every one of you, and we look forward to seeing this thing keep grow. Uh, by the way, Kurt uh, notes that he has every Weird Al Yankovic album. So that's some dedication for you. Very, uh, very much so. <laughs> I think I think Kurt is lump. He's lump. He's lump. He's in oh, his head. I, he's also gump. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, that's right. That, that's the cover. Uh, oh, man. I, fa I, I have blown my Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> test. I have failed. I have failed. Uh, now you have to go. Now you have to go learn to play the accordion. Sorry. Oh Christ! Why? Why? Why'd you put that on me? Now I I nearly went to work for a polka station in Wisconsin about five years ago, and I turned it down because I like my sanity. And now you're <laughs> now you're 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 putting this maloik on me. What? What the hell? I'm okay, gonna, you get one. You get one more chance. We'll come back next week, and and we will have some more Weird Al trivia or or a Weird Al song that you have to kind of get the lyrics on. I, I'll say this. If you can come on the, the show next week and bust out Amish Paradise with no notes, you're good. You know, I loved Amish Paradise growing up, actually, but it's one of those songs I haven't heard in a long time. And its lyrics are kind of, you know, way deep crammed in the file cabinet of my head. So, yeah, I think I'll research that. I'll research that. Uh, how's it going, Hawaii Blues fan? He's checking in here tonight. Uh, Kurt, uh, it's a pretty badass. The caliber of guest podcasts have been getting just in general. So nice job, guys, because I have kind of noticed that it's not just us, but it seems like the pandemic gave everyone a chance to kind of branch out a little bit. And of course, when with players and former players kind of just, you know, chilling in their own homes like we have, you know, gives them a chance to do something as well. So we were uh, I remember when we talked to Gerard, you know, yeah. Gerard was in the Netherlands, you know, and, and they had a tighter lockdown than we did. So I think he was just happy that someone checked in on him. <laughs> I think I think lots of people wanted to know what was going on with Gerard. Definitely, <laughs> exactly, exactly, because it, it had been a year since he was in St. Louis, and he'll be back. He'll be back in St. Louis. We will make sure that, and we are definitely going to have a a beer five with Gerard when he comes to town. That is for sure. So, um, anyway, um, so that promo. If you if you're just joining us, it'll be on every hockey podcast network episode this week. Uh, has a little bit of us, a little bit of the Hawaii Blues fan, a little bit of Luke Widbin. And, oh, by the way, speaking of Luke, first of all, he has a comment here. If I make a parody of Amish Paradise called Thomas Stops on Ice, would a whole rip through the universe? <laughs> you know what? That sounds like a challenge. I That's think it does, too. Yes. And you know what? We're not big enough to where if we get copy claimed, copyright claimed on YouTube, it's going to matter. Um, so fire away, Luke, fire away. We're going to do a special episode, uh, Thursday, by the way. Um, but if you want to try that, Luke, we will certainly, uh, play it for you. Absolutely. Um, and <laughs> another, another legal question here, Luke asks, can you legally parody a parody? I think that's where the universe ripping, you know, comes into play there. 
I think I, I that that's because then it's like you know you're getting into like Soviet you know Russia joke territory here. Uh, per, uh, never mind. I'm not even gonna try it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yakov Smirnov in in Soviet yeah. Russia road forks you. Yeah, exactly. In Soviet Russia, parody parodies you. So yeah. you know, there you go. There you go. And speaking of Luke, of course, uh, we. Uh, um, oh, and. Don't forget about guy, the Wyatt Blues fan. He's he's been trying to uh, bust out his musical uh, talents lately. We've heard him on a commentary lately, and the the Kygo, you know, he's been trying. So you know, just Luke is setting the bar here. So, um, by the way, uh, Kurt notes that they that they were copyright claimed on YouTube a long time ago. It wasn't fun. I don't recommend. Well, we're not big enough to where we actually make revenue off of youtube yet so it doesn't take any money out of our pockets at the moment and a claim is a little different than a strike uh we haven't been striked yet we've been claimed just for playing like uh with like luke whitman's uh song thursday uh blue kairu um because it you know sampled luke uh linda ronstadt's song so we got a claim on that it, it and it makes it very clear if you go into the back and it says this it's, it's not a strike you know you're not in trouble or anything but uh you're not going to make any money off of this episode and if you if others open it up on youtube they might get subjected to an ad you know that's basically how it works um so we'll we'll see how long we can keep abusing uh the privilege that uh, youtube gives us there that's for sure um by the way my friend tim if a whole rip to the universe would it be Huso's fault because you know that, that that's a that that is a, a cross check to the st louis blues twitter community um especially those after Huso's first goal tonight they all came out of the woodwork tonight and what is it with the what is it with the west blues fans and, and goaltenders that's a great question i, I mean, mean we just get the yips when it comes to our goalies literally i mean we really do i mean after cujo and Fuhrer, it's kind of been like uh we think but we don't and even when you have somebody that's here that has a chance to be great we we always find fault with them and maybe it drives them out of town maybe it hits their psyche i mean jake allen could have been a phenomenal goaltender here and he's doing well in montreal maybe it's because of the fans maybe not we'll, we'll never know but it is what it is well Bayou Benders, who, of course, is one half of the Habs Nightly uh, podcast, he said that uh, I guess Jake Allen had to come into the game or something Saturday. And he said, oh, this is Jake Allen's time to shine. And I'm like, dude, don't tell Jake that, OK, because he gets nervous when, when you say that. And Benders couldn't kind of quite believe it. But uh, uh, Twitter doesn't allow you to fully encapsulate uh, the last few years of Jake Allen's time in St. Louis. But Jake Allen was always at his best when he had competition. And that's the he, thing. Carey Price is competition. If it was, you know, if Carey Price was injured and it was all on Allen and the spotlight was on him, that's different because that's what happened when uh, we had what, Hutchison here. And yeah. It was his time. He, he fell apart. But when he had that push of competition, he was always at his best. Hutton and, uh, oh my gosh, I lost his name completely. Elliot. Uh, Elliot. At the yeah. same, I mean, both those guys really pushed him. And even when Bennington came in, Allen rose to the occasion. So having that competition is what Jake Allen, I think, thrives on. It's when it's only him and on him alone that you start to see the cracks. Exactly. And I don't I don't think he'll have that situation in Montreal, although Carey Price has missed some games, you know, in, in recent years due to injuries. So he's had a pretty heavy workload over the years. So we'll we'll keep an eye on our uh, 
Jake the Snake up in Montreal. Uh, but in the meantime, let's get you recapped on the week that was in hockey as only Wick, uh, Luke Whitman can do it. Here is his week three wrap. Again, this was recorded before tonight's game. So, but I don't think his rap would really change too much. So let's go ahead and play some Luke Whitman. A trend has emerged, and after the Blues win, they'll take game one, then let the other team in. Is it compete? Is it effort? Shen thinks it's both. But Ruby added attitude, and from my couch I'd say so. St. Louis opened the scoring, Kairou offers to himself. Crossed the ice to Shen, and he just ripped it top shelf. Interference on Krug, LA ties it at one, and then 20 seconds later, Grunstrom Undress is done. So how would you respond? Different conference bottom feeder took the lead as you just petered. How about giving up a three for now they're down 5-1, heading into the third. But Shen gets another o'reilly nets his first the momentum had turned as quick smashes his mask up then on an offensive face off thomas just had to act up as he uses his hand to move the puck that's illegal blues fold king's goal win the game six to three so i still don't know if huso is good because the team in front of him won't play like they should dunn's back in the doghouse this we know for sure the team plays like Nicole escape blade they just won't work so let's keep it rolling ben are back in the net vegas coaches have covid none are on the bench for petrangelo's first against his former team and he got his first point in the for 317 i made a joke on twitter wishing Peron good luck people wanted him better and i guess it stuck he tied it up when leonard didn't seal up the post he got a second later with the power play goal then it was schwartz from shenner for the 3-1 gap but this is vegas where odds don't mean crap pats are ready from the slot makes it three to two then the play of the year from blue kairu Petro at the point, had his back turned to the play. Then the only back he saw was 25 skating away with the puck he once possessed. As he chased the speeding train, the poke check missed. He shot upstairs. Petros had threw back in dismay. Speaking of headshots, stones must be full of rocks. That's a Bush League hit. Bozak's nowhere near the puck. Good thing Justin Falls fought him out of the box. Call your reach player safety. We're all out of the office. And the calls just keep coming. We can't catch a break. Chief said penalties are penalties, but not this game. He had some words for the refs. Mostly let them play because of five on three goals. Goal. Saw him celebrate, then they tied the game. Hetrick Pacioretty he played against him in 07. He was better than me, and there aren't too many games you give up for goals. Where the goalie is the story, Bennington stole the show. Perron and Chen would score in the shootout win. After the night's final shoot, couldn't tuck it in. Now about that trend of winning one, not two. Petro got COVID, game postponed to Anaheim. We flew. Man, it feels so good to watch a low-stress game. You know, the ones where everything just goes your way. I wasn't watching it eight. I was putting my kids to bed so that's my excuse what was the ducks defense i feel like all my raps just mentioned kairu and shen have you looked at the stats it's just a lot of them kairu 20 seconds in sanford just under a minute kairu again 206 the three quickest in team history it's a mystery how this happened to a goalie good as gibby i would not have guessed we'd get to see ryan miller this early yeah the blues had three goals before the ducks had a shot they would score late in the first but the blues would stay hot we let up a little at the end of the first but they came out in the second with a renewed burst we got a goal from Perron snap off the pipe and in and a toasted from Binner at the other end Clifford made it 5-1 a fighting goal from him we even scored on the power play much needed for Vince so a comfortable win we don't get them too often now I hope that my next rep has more Thomas and Hoffman And uh, reviews are in already. 
for Luke Whitman's latest hit, Kurt Price. This feels like the drop podcast show, but set to music. We See, we're the Blues. We're a team that was founded on music, so it's only appropriate that we have music. By the way, I, I work in a kind of a semi-managerial capacity at uh, KMOX, and uh, next time Tom Ackerman flubs his lines, I'm going to tell him that you you were just like Nicola Skateblade. You just didn't work. And I will, I will say I got that from our Minister of Music, Luke Whitman. You that think, would you, be you, awesome. He probably, I don't think, I actually, Tom would probably get a kick out of that. It's, you know, he, Tom's a hard guy to really knock off his game. So, you know, he's, he's cool. He's cool. He, he certainly is. <laughs> yeah. And you've had him on your show a bunch of times, you know, you, you know, the, the greatness of Tom Ackerman. Um, so, and uh, by the way, um, you know, he mentioned Shen and Cairo and how well they've been playing, but you know what? I guess they're, they're not Leon Dreisaitl or Connor McDavid. Uh, Dreisaitl has six assists tonight. McDavid, a goal and four assists tonight. Uh, um, Kairou, you know, you're, you've been playing well, two goals, you know, Saturday night, but those are rookie numbers, kid. You've got to pump those numbers up. That you do. I mean, <laughs> six assists through two periods. I mean, the third just started. What? I mean, I, I know, I know the Canadian div- division isn't as strong as what some of Edmonton's opponents have been in their other seasons, but. Edmonton might actually walk away with that division uh, if they really want to. Even Gretzky is looking at those six assists <laughs> through two periods and is like, damn. Because that, I mean, that's, that's you know, I mean, that, that incredible numbers. Dry saddle better than McDavid. You heard it here. Yeah, and then, then, right. then, then Gretzky takes out the record book and goes, okay, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I, he's fine there. He's fine. The only only record he's got to worry about the next couple of years is Ovi breaking his scoring record, which I think could happen because I think Ovechkin's going to be like Gordie Howe and plays until he's 50. Probably. Very possible. All righty, let's get down to uh, business here, and that is St. Louis Blues business. Of course, we are recording this after the Sunday night game where the Blues win 4-1. to one. They made it a uh, little harrowing to start. It looked like that... Uh, the second game curse was going to hit them again here. Uh, Jacob Silverberg scoring on the power play to make it one nothing. There was a dumb penalty by Sammy Blay, and that goal was not Huso's fault. I posted the video of that. Actually, I got it from uh, uh, Thomas Welcher from uh, the uh, Locked On Blues. Um, he uh, tweeted that out. Um, you know, Huso had Falk and Raquel in front, and the puck kind of took a wacky bounce off the ice. I think it bounced off of. Falk and then it caromed off the ice and went over his uh, left uh, pad there. So you try stopping that, Huso haters. I I would love to see you try. That was not Huso's fault, Wags. No, it wasn't. I mean, it's a redirect off of Falk's shin pad down to the ice, and then once it hits the ice, you have no idea which way it's going to go. And you know, we'll talk about this a little bit later. Uh, Colton Pareko's goal was kind of the same sort of thing for John Gibson tonight as well. When that puck, when you've committed to making a save and the puck takes an unexpected turn, it's very, very difficult to stop those shots. That's why those highlight reel saves, if you rewind it back just a touch, it's because that puck has generally been redirected at some point. So I I, want to say that, I can't remember which goalie said it, but I think it was Martin Brodeur who said, I don't want to make the flashy saves because that means I'm out of position and that means I'm not seeing the puck very well. When you see me make a great save, it's because something has gone wrong. 
Right, exactly. And, you know, Curtis Joseph, I just read his autobiography, and a lot of uh, his game was anticipating where he thinks the puck might go, or based on video that he's seen, or just, you know, from the various times he's played against, like a like a Lindros or a Lemieux or, you know, a Ronick, someone like that. But there are going to be, th- even, even he admits that there are times where the puck will take a weird bounce and just go by him. And, of course, Cujo was a kind of player where, you know, he was very... He was like one of the original butterfly guys, so he would, uh, you know, often, you know, get beat high shoulder because he would, you know, play so low to the ice. Um, but yeah, that's why you have got a big guys in front of net and uh, deflection specialist because it's all about changing the angle on goalies as the puck is coming toward them. You know, goalies can take care of a straight line shot, generally speaking, but if it's dipping or it's rising or if it's getting deflected off a skate or another player, like we saw with Pareko tonight. Goalies some can't always react quickly to that. So uh, really not Huso's fault there. And as Kurt Price of uh, Let's Go Blues Radio, another shout out to them. I think I plugged them three times tonight to Hattrick. Um, he pointed out to me on Twitter, it's lazy for Blues fans to constantly blame goaltending because it absolves them of having to look at the play deeper and notice other things collapsing besides the goalie. It's a very lazy way of looking at things and it's got to stop or every blues goaltender is going to get the yips from this fan base. Yeah, no question whatsoever. I mean, we, we want to lay blame on the goaltender because they are the last line of defense essentially. And Kurt (laughs) puts it right there too easy to just blame the goalie. But when you have breakdowns in front of the goaltender, that that's not on them. I mean, they, they are the last line of defense. Yes. You want them to stop as many pucks as possible, but when you're giving guys clean looks, uh, I mean, you go back to that eight, nothing Colorado game. I mean, you left three of the top players in the league wide open in the slot. What were you expecting? I mean, they, they have their pick of the litter when it comes to punching the puck past them. That was a triple P there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But that's the thing. I mean, if the if the defense breaks down in front of the goaltender, there's only so much they can do, and you can't lay that at their feet. And I, I just hope that you know Jordan Bennington, Billy Huso, you know Joe Hofer, guys that come down the pipeline and get into St. Louis are treated with a little bit more respect than what we've done to other goaltenders, a la Jake Allen, and and allow them to play the game and put the blame on other players when it's deserved. That, that's exactly. the thing. If, if there's deserved criticism of a goaltender, fine. But when it's the result of a defender breaking down on defense, a forward not back-checking, when it's any of those other things, you have to look deeper in the play. Exactly. Exactly right. And by the way, if you do a PPP in a podcast, do you get a forgivable business loan for that? <laughs> I don't know. I got. I got to call. Uh, I got to call up. What is it? Uh, uh, Ryan Kelly or something like that. Oh yeah, the home loan expert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there we go. Or uh, JG Wentworth. It's it's my money, and I want it now. Oh no, I got that in my head now. Thank there, you. There, there we go. There we go. Well, let's get some blues hockey back, uh, uh, back into it here. First of all, a shout out from a Facebook user, uh, l- obviously uh, listening from the Blue Note Sponge. Uh, love that y'all are doing video with audio makes a difference for me. Y'all are so knowledgeable. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, unfortunately, StreamYard doesn't let me uh, see who is actually saying this. I'll find out later, but thank you so much. New fan in the last few years takes a while to get it. So that's a, that's a fair point. Hockey is a very complex game and you can't, the Occam's razor doesn't always work when it comes to analyzing hockey plays. And in this case, 
Occam's razor would be blaming the goalie for everything. Yeah. So, yeah, it just doesn't work. Um, as uh, Guy points out, Dunn and McCullough were good again tonight. We'll get to that here in uh, uh, just a little bit here, but I want to kind of continue on here uh, throughout the game. So, um, if you want, don't blame Huso. If you want to blame dumb penalties being an issue, that's fine. Although, really, after the first period, the Blues cleaned up their act. So, I don't, it was kind of a soft game. The uh, John Kelly and Darren Payne kind of pointed out that they were kind of surprised it wasn't as physical tonight, being that it was the second game of two. But they also pointed out that that's probably not just the Ducks style, which is kind of makes sense. Um, the Blues also had issues exiting their zone tonight. That's kind of been an issue all season long with these defenders. It's like a, calculus puzzle you know every time they you know get the puck out of their own zone it's really strange issue they're having this year wags well and honestly it's something that has plagued them the last couple of years as well even the year that they won the stanley cup you know early on in the season that was one of the biggest gripes of me was getting the puck out of the zone i mean that's how you start your entire rush is getting it out of the zone and when you are struggling to do that you're going to be put into some bad positions. And and we're starting to see that a little bit this year. But so far, they've been able to kind of weather that storm. Uh, if you continue down this pathway, though, when you start to see teams like Colorado and Vegas even more, and, and really even Arizona potentially as well, teams that can really like hurt you with cycling the puck, it, it may not end well for them. Yeah, exactly. And it's not going to end well usually for teams, but they only have three shots in a period. But that's what the Blues had after one. And, you know, I was starting to think about, you know, what is it about game twos in a series that, you know, the Blues get tired? They look tired, you know, which is weird because they only had three players go over 20 minutes in game one. And that was Scandella, Falk and Krug. And they had three days of rest prior to, you know, game one. So it's like they shouldn't be tired. And then I noted that there's only seven shots after 28 minutes of play, and that's just not going to cut it either. And then right after I typed that note, Brayden Shen scored on a uh, very nice shot pass from Falk. Uh, beautiful setup, beautiful goal. And uh, this is why we have the Justin Falk stand club. Yeah, and you could feel that goal coming uh, at that point within the, the minute or two before that you really started to feel the tide was turning a little bit the blues were putting pressure in the zone they got the four check working uh, they were able to cycle the puck a little bit in the zone and and really I can't believe I'm saying it but you got the puck to one of the most dangerous offensive players in on this team right now and that's Justin Falk uh, he, he's seeing the ice so well he's making the right plays he's he's got his head up that's the huge thing. It seemed like last year his head was down a lot. He was kind of more concerned with where he was at on the ice and what he was doing with the puck. Now you see him, he's, he's got his head up, he's searching, he's scanning the ice, and he not only found the hottest player on the Blues right now, but one of the hottest in the league in Braden Shen, seven-game point streak, five goals on the year, tied for the team lead in points. Yeah. That, that's, that's, how you, that's how you go out and win games. I remember this time last year I was doing Shen shots when uh, Shen would score and I swore he was going to destroy my liver last season just because of the rate of goals that he was getting early on. Um, thankfully, I don't do that anymore. Um, I actually have to be at work technically in four or five hours, so I Ooh. probably shouldn't be doing that anyway. So anyway, but I do it for the game. I do it for the love of the game, damn it. By the way, going back to Luke's uh, uh, initial idea of a parody for Amish Paradise, I would suggest, you know, that we are actually living in Justin's paradise, Justin Falk's paradise. Mm. 
Mm, there's so, another one. So maybe, so maybe, maybe we we get Falk some love this time. I I don't know if Robert Thomas has been worthy of a song yet this year. He's been kind of uh, kind of quiet. He with, hasn't uh, put the points up, but his his abilities with the puck have been something to be admired. I refuse to go to bed. By the way, uh, Mister Facebook user, um, you know I, I'm a, I'm I've never played hockey, but I'm a hockey fan, and you tough it through. You tough it through the pain. Uh, to to do what we do here. So, um, all right. So uh, Shen gets his goal from Falk, uh, and then Huso with a big save. Uh, the Blues defense did what they like to do occasionally this year and just completely collapse. And uh, the Ducks get a two on zero chance, and that was the save that the Blues fans have been looking for, including the haters. And I'm hoping that shuts up some haters that were ready to strand him on an ice floe and push him out to sea. I really hope this shuts them up, but. It's Blues fans, so you never really know. Well, I mean, once he gives up another soft goal uh, like Jake Allen, then it, they're going to be right back going, oh, oh, see, 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 see. But, you know, we were talking about this on my other show. You know, the game against L.A., it was his first start at home. He's got to have nerves, no question. Now he's got his first road start. And, yes, it's against Anaheim, but he had to have nerves. He hasn't gotten that first win yet. Now that he's got his first win, you know, that's that's off his back. He can go out there and just play free and loose how he wants to. Uh, and Billy Huso's dealt with injuries. Billy Huso's dealt with inconsistency in his career. But when Billy Huso is on, Billy Huso is damn good. And I think getting that first win, making that save, uh, which, yes, you look at it and you go, okay, yeah, the Ducks player whiffed on it, hit him in the midsection, a little lower than the midsection. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. You know, he, it, it wasn't like a huge save. But it still was an important save. And that's, yeah. I think, the big key difference is it's a big save, but it's more importantly, it's an important save. It kept the game tied. And as I think you're alluding to, it led to something even bigger. It did. And then, by the way, I'm glad Huso decided to wear his cup tonight. That's <laughs> all I can say, because that one went right into the baby makers. Um, good forward checking leads to a Sammy Blay goal to make a 2-1 Blues. See what good forward checking does for you? The Blues had not shown that at all game. There's no momentum in, in the duck zone at all. And then all of a sudden, good pressure. Blay uh, keeps the puck alive deep into the duck zone. And then he finds himself in the slot where, you know, all the money's made and gets a goal. So uh, a good, hardworking goal there. Yeah, and guess who uh, who got him the puck, too? It was the uh, assist man, Mike Hoffman. What? It's, yeah. That what we the, him for? The, the, the great passer, Mike Mike Hoffman. Yeah. Yeah. That's his third, that's his third assist. I, I mean, we, we, we brought him in to score goals, but he's been playing pretty well, well. Well, he has scored goals. He scored two goals in the blue white scrimmage, you know, before the season started. I is, is that all we're going to get from him? I hope not. I mean, no. uh, uh. He, he's, he's, he's a streaky goal, a goal scorer, as we've talked about in the past. And once he starts getting a couple, watch out because, yeah. He will go in spurts. Yeah, with, with Hoffman, I, I, I kid, uh, but I don't think it's not for lack of effort that he's no. not scoring. It's just, it's just, it just hasn't clicked for him yet with him and Thomas. And you've got to wonder if that gets broken up anytime soon. Although, I, you know, although Sanford looked good, you know, I, I, I was proposing maybe swapping Hoffman and Sanford in the lineup, but Sanford looked pretty good as well. So, you know, this weekend. So, 
I don't wait, know. Wait, wait for Tyler Bozak to come back. Once Tyler Bozak comes back, he can slot him back on that third line and kind of move Mike Hoffman where you need to. I think that's the biggest thing is, is right now with Bozak being out, you kind of have to stick with the status quo. But once he's back, then, yeah, you might see Mike Hoffman jump back up into the top six. And I'm so sad. We Mark Stone did not get a chance to get his receipt for that uh, Thursday. It's just building um, up. I guess Cairo torched uh, Petro so bad that Petro got COVID out of it. So, you know, that's oh someone who shame. put it out there. He got he got coronavirus. Coronavirus. Yep. There you go. There you go. Uh uh Cairo 25. That's 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 what we're gonna call him now. Cairo 25. He is so good, he is a virus. Um, so the blues pressure keeps up and they get goals for another goal from Shen, and then Pareko gets on the board to extend the lead four one and give Huso some cushion. Not that he really needed it. I don't think the Ducks really threatened Huso much uh, much after, as the game went on. But really glad to see Pareko firing the puck and getting some dividends out of it. He's a guy, he's got a cannon of a shot, and we've just been begging him to break it out, you know, like, you know, kind of like being a McInnes slide, if you will. He's been kind of hesitant over the years to do it, but I'm glad he's he appears to be firing the puck more and more this year. Yeah, and it wasn't even a slap shot that that scored the goal. Uh, it was just kind of a lazy wrist shot deflected off of a, a Ducks player and then bounced underneath. Gibson didn't even react to it until it was like under his pads. Uh, and yeah, unassisted goal right now. I've been a little, I, I've been a big, big, big touter of Pareko for the last few years. I think he's going to be a great defenseman in the years to come. I've been a little underwhelmed with his production this year, not just offensively, but defensively. He's looked about a, a step behind uh, in a lot of games this year, and it's a little worrisome, but I also look at it and I go, we've basically thrust him into that next guy, number one role, even though I think Justin Falk and, and you know Tori Kruger, the guys that are the number ones, we've kind of put that pressure on him, and, and we see this all the time. First year, a guy gets this kind of pressure put on him, he, he presses, he struggles a little bit. It's a contract year, situ- you know, a first year contract situation is here as well. I expect in a couple of weeks that, that we'll start to see him round into the Colton Pareko of, of old. Yeah. And I mean, may, maybe Kurt's right. Maybe he is hurt, but I mean, if he is, he's, he's hiding it decently well. And I just hope that nothing does come out that he actually is. Cause that would be very, very bad for the blues right now. Well, no real suspects tonight on the Blues defense that he can point to and say bad game, including Vince Dunn, by the way. Uh, He was quiet, which I guess is a good thing for him. Uh, But two guys jumped out to me. Number one, as we talked about, Justin Falk. He had another solid game. He's been very physical this year. I pointed that out Thursday. Uh, His hits are way up this year compared to where they were last year. He was playing kind of softer and a little more timid last year. But historically, he's a hitter. He's a physical player, and he's been laying the wood on some players this year. In fact, he told uh, Comtoy to go get a shine box in the third period in front of the Blues bench. And then my boy, Nico McCullough, again, solid game from him, looked poised, uh, thought he got his second point, uh, NHL point of the night, but I guess they're not giving it to him. I think that's the one that you were referring to about the unassisted one. Um, and then, of course, McCullough was Vince Dunn's partner. And I guess the fact that we didn't notice Vince Dunn tonight meant that uh, we didn't notice the Dunn haters tonight either. We really didn't. Uh, I mean, I will say this. I'm not a Dunn hater, but I'm not definitely not a Dunn super fan. I'm a Dunn suspect, basically. He, uh, he did put the puck into some guy's skates on a power play again, and the puck was started going the other way. Uh, and once again, it comes down to those those little minute details that 
if you're wanting to be a, a better defender, a, a higher ranking defender, you got to make those plays when you're on the power play. Don't let the, the puck exit the zone. But yeah, he had a great game tonight. Uh, he did have a couple of shots on uh, near the net, nothing on the net per se. Uh, and defensively, yeah, he looks pretty, pretty good. And having a guy like McCola, I mean, we talk about Colton Bareko. I've likened McCola to kind of like a Pareko light. He, he's another guy that's got some size to him. He's got yep. some speed. He's got some offensive capabilities. He's just a solid all-around decent defender. So pairing him with a Dunn, he can make up for some of Dunn's mistakes. And, and McCullough made a couple tonight as well, but he recovered and he got the puck back. That was the key thing. You, sometimes you see these young defenders, they, they make a mistake and they kind of bow their head and don't get back into the play. McCullough didn't do that. And that's another sign that he is going to be something to watch for the next couple of years. Yeah, and as uh, Kurt uh, points out, Dunn is a high-risk, high-reward guy, slower to mature maybe, and you know he's 24 years old, so I guess you can say he's still got some maturing to do, although he's been in the league for a few years, so it's like the clock's kind of ticking on him. Uh, and then as for McCullough goes, I mean, I kind of see, every time I see McCullough, I, I'm reminded of Bryce Salvador. You know, uh-huh. Salvador was a steady defensive defenseman who was physical, uh, may not be an offensive dynamo, although I think McCullough's got more offensive upside than Salvador. But he just, you know, from to me, McCullough just has the makings of that really steady, solid, um, you know, mid to bottom pairing defenseman that you 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 tend to maybe take for granted a bit bit on teams. Um, nothing about McCullough suggests that he is going to be a flame out or a bust or anything like that. I'm I've been very high in McCullough. And I'm glad to see him getting a shot. And I think even when Bortuzzo comes back, um, he it's going to be hard to keep McCullough out of the lineup. I think he has earned a spot in this top six. It, it all comes down to trust. And when you can trust a guy at that age with some of the responsibilities that he's been entrusted with right now, basically being Dunn's backside, uh, <laughs> you, that, that speaks volumes. And you're right. When Bortuzzo comes back, it's going to be really hard to slot him into the lineup in place of McCola. Uh, I mean, you're going to give him a chance to get some off days, obviously, but I, I think he's doing enough right now to say I'm in the lineup every night. By the way, if you look behind me over here, you may notice a couple of sticks uh, there in the corner. One's a Rick Nash stick that I got from my friend Andy Hammond. He is uh, one of the hosts of the Broadway Boys podcast and the Hockey Podcast Network. I traded a hockey jersey for it because it's me. Um, but then also during the uh, Blues equipment sale, you know, before the season, they had a Nico McCola stick for $75. It was the cheapest game use stick that they had. And I'm a McCola believer. So it's like, yeah, I had to get that. So I think McCola is there on the right side. It's the taller of the two because McCola is indeed a big boy. So uh, we'll, let's go ahead and talk about his, uh, his uh, line mate, or I guess his partner made Vince Dunn. And to do that, we are going to have guy, the Hawaii blues fan uh, go into what to do with Vince Dunn. That is the subject of his Aloha commentary this week. And let's go ahead and go out to Honolulu, Hawaii. And now from Honolulu, Hawaii via St. Louis, Starting in the Pacific Ocean, Guy the Hawaii Blues Fan. Aloha, and welcome to the Blue Notes Podcast. I'm Guy the Hawaii Blues Fan, host of the Blue Note Fan Report, main writer on stlfanreport.com, and this is my Aloha Commentary. 
Dun, 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 dun. What do you do about dun, dun, dun? That's right. Dun, dun, dun. Boy, am I in a bad sequel? It was Petro, Petro, Petro. Now it's Dun, Dun, Dun. Okay, so yesterday, Dun had an amazing game on Saturday. Wow, him and Mikola worked so good together. He may have just played himself onto another team. What? Yes, think about this. When you try and trade a player that has had a rough spot, it's hard to trade them for what you think they're worth. Their value drops. Done, value went up. He had an incredibly good game with Mikola. Good enough to keep him on the team? I don't know. There's something else that affects that, and we'll talk about that later. Dunn is a young, aggressive defenseman. He's offensive-minded. He can score goals. He makes rookie mistakes. He's a three-year guy. You know, it's confusing. Armstrong wants a first, or he wants a very high second, and a player, a prospect. I get that. I think, I think that's exactly what Dunn's worth. I think Dunn is worth the first. I think Dunn is worth the first and a prospect, to be honest with you. Here's a Stanley Cup winning defenseman. Plain and simple. Sometimes coaches are very, very set in their ways. And when they're set in their ways, it prevents them from adapting. And there's one thing with coaching that I think more coaches need to understand. And I'll tell you what, the two of them that I think understood it the most are the two that are at the top of the coaching list. And the two that I think understood this principle the most are Scotty Bowman and Joel Quinville. And the principle is you have to be a poker player or a chess player. You have to realize what your other person's strategy is and adjust and then adapt to it and attack it. That is the sign of a great coach. You attack it. It's how Herb Brooks beat the Russians in 1980. They didn't defend it. They attacked it. They shoved the Russians' own game down their throat. That's what the Blues like to do sometimes. However, they do it in a mediocre way. Some, and I don't want to say mediocre, passive way. I think passive way is the better way to describe it. They try and use their defense to create offense. That's great. They're a heavy team. That's great too. But they're lacking something. They're lacking the one thing that would allow them to beat Colorado on a regular night, allow them to beat Arizona on a day-in, day-out basis, and allow them to beat Vegas on a day-in, day-out basis. And that is the one thing that John Madden used to say, you can't teach it, you can't ingrain it, you better well draft it. And that's speed. That's right, speed. 
Dunn has speed. Jordan Kygo has speed. Robert Thomas has speed. These guys are using that speed. Kairou, keep it up. You are, you are going to be a superstar. You have that making. You're the, you're the replacement for Tereshenko. As Tereshenko gets older, it's going to happen. You've got to have that sniper come in. You're it. Use that speed and learn your shot. Because it's getting better by the game. By the game. I can see you getting 25 to 30 goals this year if you just keep doing what you're doing. Again, and it gets me that. So what do you do about Dunn? Well, there's a, an important piece coming in here that I think everyone, we know about it, but we're not concerned about it. We're not looking at it. But simply this. Yesterday on Instagram, Tereshenko posted him in skates, ready to get on the ice. When T comes back, when Tank comes back, you've got to make some room. You need a little bit of money, too. You have Mikola, you have uh, Petrovic, or however you say his name, you have Wom. You have other defensemen that you can bring up. Bortuzzo's close to coming back, though Bortuzzo's slow. Bortuzzo and Gunderson are at the end of their careers. Sorry, I, I, but you have defensemen that are coming up. I really think that if you could trade Gunderman or Bertuzzo, that's what you would do, but you're going to get more for done. I, I, I mean, it's simple as this. You have to continually make your team better. And we have a lot of money coming off the books or money that has to be respent in higher values coming up with players' contracts. You cannot look right here, right now. You have to be a chess player and look three moves ahead. The coach has to be a poker player and see what his opponent is doing and adjust to it. The GM's got to be the chess player. Think three to four moves ahead and three years ahead. I think Armstrong's done a great job at that and the window is wide open. So what are you about done? I think the smartest thing to do about done is nothing. Let it happen naturally. You don't need to shop him anymore. You let him keep playing. He keeps playing like that, they're going to come to you. He keeps playing like that, they're going to come to you with bigger and better offers. If they don't, and he keeps playing like that, win-win. So, my aloha commentary is, what do you do about Dunn? Nothing. So this is Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, throwing it to Tom and Wags and saying, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Blue Notes podcast, the Hawaii, oh man, I can't even remember who I am, to the uh, Blue Note Fan Report on YouTube. And please check out my blog, my website, stlfanreport.com, because I'm by a fan for the fan, and you've got to know all about you, the fan. This is Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, saying aloha. Mahalo, and you've got to know that I am bleeding blue with you. Back to you, Tom and Wags.
And much mahalo to uh, Guy, the Wyatt Blues fan, for that uh, report. And by the way, I want to plug uh, stlfanreport.com, uh, his website, because next month he has a Brett Hall signed jersey up for grabs in the Blues Pick'em Contest. You pick the score of the game, and you pick uh, whoever's going to get the most goals or points or saves in the game. And if you have the most points at the end of the month, you get a prize. This month was a Jordan Bennington signed mini helmet. Next month is going to be a Brett Hall jersey. and Wags, you and I are both Brett Hall lovers for life, so uh, I expect us to be gunning for that next month. Uh, I'm going to drop you like a rock for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I may let you, because I, I, I'm already rocking a hole tonight, so, uh, you know, I, I, I can't have more than one hole, right? Right? Uh, yeah, say that to Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. Good point. Uh, well, it's time to leave the ducks in the dust. We've got our four points from them, and we're going to look ahead to the Arizona Coyotes, uh, the Blues uh, take them on Tuesday and Thursday this week, and we need to get a preview of the Coyotes. And with that, we're going to bring in Corey Crenshaw from the Sporty with Corey show right about now. It's the Blue Notes face-off of the week. And that beautiful NHL 94 music means it is time for our Blue Notes face-off of the week. And we have the aforementioned Corey Crenshaw from Sporty with Corey and Richie from beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. How's it going tonight, Corey? It is going great, and it is beautiful. I think it's like 74 degrees today or something like that. It is gorgeous. Uh, Better than it is here. Yeah, it's it's snowed here. It's been kind of cold. It's been like in the mid to upper 30s just that kind of nasty dank you know kind of rainy season here in st louis uh wish i could be in phoenix right now honestly i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie um so the coyotes let's talk about them this season so the coyotes come into this week seventh in the west uh but there is one thing that i feel the coyotes are the best in the league at bar none and i have to point it out with us having the jersey finder on our podcast this thursday and that is the reverse retro purple peyote. The Blues will get to see that February 13th. In my opinion, the best reverse retro this year. Hands down, slam dunk, not a contest. Explain the history of this jersey and why it's so damn good, Corey. Um, it's so damn good because um, you have to bring back the purple. And I felt like that was one of the things that was really missing from all of Arizona sports for because the purple used to be the staple of basically every Arizona sport. Like the D-backs used to be purple. They've had their third throwback Thursdays where they bring back the purple. Um, it was outside of the Rockies. Like that was kind of the only team that any Arizona teams would play um, that was had purple um, in their jerseys. So it set them apart. And then when they went to red, it just kind of made them blend in with everyone else. So it didn't really give them some type of originality. So it was really nice for them to go back to uh, the purple again because I missed it. I missed it so much, and it's so great to see. I'm so excited to uh, <laughs> be able to see these on the ice. I'm chomping at the bit for it. Well, the Blues are going to be the first team that they get to wear those uh, against on the 13th, and uh, it's also this is our first chance to officially thank you as well for taking out our Nashville rivals in the playoffs. And you know, next season there'll be your rivals too. Uh, when we talked to you last, you and Richie both seemed to hate the idea of playing in the Central. 
Has that changed at all? It has changed a little bit because of World Juniors. I see what's coming up the pipeline for um, the Kings and the Ducks, and now I'm a little bit nervous. And I'm thinking this might be a better idea than I ever thought of before. So I'm starting to take back a little bit on my rants. Um, I've still gone on a rant. Like I still argued with um, the guys from Vegas and the fact that I still think that it's it's them that should be sent over into the Central Division, um, considering the way that they have been playing and how, you know, here in Arizona, we've spent so much time basically building this organization that to just move them while they're struggling as they are it's basically kind of insult to injury um is almost kind of rude but for them they're doing fine they have the capabilities of moving and they're really they wanted to go geographical with me but i mean does any of it actually make geographical sense no No. so i didn't think that was a good enough argument and it, and it's unfortunate for you guys. It just it just it seems like you're 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 kind of a victim here. And you know we were we were kind of hoping. At first, I was hoping for Vegas because air airfare to Vegas is very cheap. You know from St. Louis. But then they signed Petrangelo and 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 those you know douche canoes that uh, weekly nightly like to remind us that they have Petro and we don't. So who's in first right now? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And 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 who has COVID right now? Exactly. So. <laughs> That there was we go. A very unfortunate cancellation for you guys. Oh, it was. We were so. I wanted to see Mark Stone get his receipt for taking out Tyler Bozak. I mean, I know Justin Falk fought him, but um, yeah, NHL player safety apparently just taking the year off this year. No discipline for him. He was he was due for a hurt on Thursday, and and, and you don't like to advocate head hunting like that, but it's just. Yeah, it, it's it's we were I, Blues fans were very disappointed that, that game was postponed, but it's postponed, not canceled. We'll we'll get them another date, and we don't forget things like that. That's for sure. Um, so back to the Coyotes. You, you had a busy off season, and it started right up at the top. Uh, you took our assistant GM Bill Armstrong uh, to take over for John Chaka, uh, and on all that drama, we don't need to really cover that here, but. What we want to know is what are the early reviews on Bill Armstrong in Arizona? Um, I like him so far. He's worked really hard. I, the saying that's been kind of coming out of all of this is the fact that he hasn't really seen much outside of the four walls that that is his office. And so when he finally got to get out and see them practicing on the ice, he was ecstatic because he forgot that at some point he was going to actually get to watch some hockey. So um, he that type of commitment I think coming here is a big deal in the fact that he kind of just said that um you know he wasn't here for a tan and that he was just basically <laughs> here for a job and that's what he wanted to make this team as best he could and I, I think the additions he made um were great with what he had considering the fact that he was thrown into the fire like it was a complete shit show when he came here whether um any of us like to admit it or not and so with um a team that was finishing the season subpar and um, losing people like Taylor Hall and then, um, you know, not having any draft picks is a rough way to go in as a GM off the top. But um, I, he made some really good bottom six changes to this lineup. And, and I think it really helped um, from a grit standpoint. Um, it's not helping from a finishing standpoint. The Coyotes still can't finish to save their lives. But um, 
I think it did really help in that regard. If I had one big critique, it is the fact that he likes to use these corny puns. Like when he brought in those people for the bottom six, he had to say that they are prickly and use a bunch of other cactus puns that I don't even remember. I've tried to wash it all from my memory. Oh, but dad. Like, uh, the moment he comes to Arizona and he starts using uh, cactus puns, and now I'm like, okay, let's let's take a step back there and, and re- reassess what, how you're going to present this to everyone because for most of us you know uh cactus is part of our everyday life so we know that they're very prickly and whatever else he said i still don't remember the rest other than prickly because i just i can't well wags they've got cactus and we've got crappy thin crust pizza so i mean it's just i i I totally get her pain oh most definitely and and are we gonna get banned from st louis for saying emos is crappy uh, I didn't see you said emos. I just said I just True. said the genre True. itself was crappy. You're the one that's going to get in trouble from emos there, bud. Yeah, I'm never going to be uh, in an emos commercial. I'll put it that way. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, Corey, you mentioned that you guys did lose Taylor Hall this off season after acquiring him mid season, really for some pretty strong assets. How, how big of a blow was that to the team coming into this year? So it, obviously, it's a blow on the fact of you know this team needs to bury, and they have a really hard problem with that he didn't particularly produce the way that I thought he would when he came here um I he also kind of had a negative effect on the team where everyone kind of started backing off as soon as he came the first game it was all kind of like um they were a bunch of teenage boys and a really attractive girl walked in the room like they were all just like wanting to do as much as they could for him and show him how great they were. And then they started getting lazy and allowing him to take the reins. And um, so that was kind of their big problem when he came and he didn't really produce the way that we all thought he would. And so between that and then the fact that we knew he was going to, which it's funny, we knew that he wanted to go somewhere where he was going to win a cup. Um, The decisions he made after that are quite questionable, but um, we didn't have the money to pay him anyways because the cap space just wasn't there. With all of the other problems, the cap space was also a massive problem. So one of the, the things that um, Armstrong has done pretty well is um, try and make some cap space, one of them being by uh, moving out Derek Stepan. I um, was kind of hoping that Oliver ekman Larson during the offseason could get moved because of his massive cap that he's taking up. But... Um, now currently he's he's finally like on the ice again but he's been injured and and i'm surprised to say this but his um his him being gone has actually been noticed a bit yeah definitely it, it's you definitely notice a guy like a hall that's not in your lineup by the way wags we've been called out our pizza palette is obviously lacking you know uh, for not liking thin crust uh, it's not the thin crust it's the cheese or or, or that's the, right or what they call cheese cheese which is really you know lab grown mush called provel it's not good we're, um, we're gonna have to send a, a, a thin crust pizza to everybody in the network just so they no, can see how crappy no. it just to see how crappy send, it is send them the real signature st louis food toasted ravioli okay we can be proud of toasted ravioli okay not provel cheese thin cracker crust bullshit uh anyway so it was kind of a rough season off season in general. You know, we, we talked about, you know, losing Hall, the 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 uh, GM issues. You mentioned Ekman Larson was was trade bait for a while. Darcy Kemper was kind of was was kind of a, uh, being rumored as being trade bait as well. You lost your first rounder and then you drafted Mitchell Miller, then renounced him because it turns out he's an asshole and a bigot. 
So all four of us, uh, despite all that, all four of us here at Blue Notes, for some reason, picked the Coyotes to finish fourth and get into the playoffs. I'm still a believer in the Coyotes, by the way. I think you, I think the talents there. It's just, it just, as you said, you know, you kind of pointed out they have issues finishing. It just feels like there's something missing with this team. But with all that's happened this off season, do you feel the playoffs are still a possibility, or do you think there's still too much disarray from the off season? I think it's a possibility if they play that the way that they're supposed to. I've been harping on Clayton Keller for the most, mostly every game this season. I'm trying to think of a game that where I wasn't kind of disappointed in his play, but for almost every single one of them, I've been harping on him and the fact that um, they have provided him with a line now where there is a lot more grit to give him that space in order to be able to be a finisher. And he has, He's gotten ample opportunities and has not been able to bury. And that's been super frustrating because that's what's needed on this team. And that was kind of where they wanted to put him. Um, he's more playmaker. It's not really his style, but he definitely needs to step up in that way. And it, there's a lot of guys on this team that really need to step up. And the fact that you can get production out of all six, um, out of all of the forwards on the team. And so I just really think that um, I... I really think that if they can actually produce and they can get like, it's difficult because we always say that they're oh this young team and this team that always goes through these like roller coasters. But the problem is they just have a softness about them that makes you really just not want to root them. And sometimes because of the fact that you almost feel like they're giving up. And so that is kind of like the, what was it? The game uh the last game against the knights there there's four of them so they're like starting all blur together in my head the last game um there was the no call um on the icing which was the game that they lost um oh to one so that game went into the first game against the ducks and you could completely see it 100 percent because of the fact that they felt so defeated from the previous game they didn't particularly show up for the next one and it was that frustration that carried them through and uh, didn't help that they were playing Gibson, obviously, and who's always been kind of a thorn in their side. Um, there wasn't really much rest to the Ducks team. They were kind of dominating them on the ice the entire rest of the time, but they were not able to bury the entire game. So uh, it's those type of mental issues that will be the thorn in their side from here on out. But I'm really hoping they can get over those hurdles and make it to the playoffs because they can do it if they actually applied themselves. It's the fact that they don't I keep on telling everyone it's like a, a like an angry parent. Like, I just want you to apply yourself. Like, I know you can get good grades. Just do do the work. Like, you know, do the, the assignment where all you got to do is write your name on it and turn it in. Like, that's the shit that they need to do. You know, just finishing checks and really the tiny little things like I Richie and I talked about it on our, our episode that's dropping on Monday is the fact that I just want to see them try and get under people's skin. Uh, Connor Garland did a great job with this and got Gibson to literally jump out of the crease and attack him on the ice. <laughs> so if they can just have more of that and just some little things here and there to really push them over the edge, that will get them in the playoffs. And I, that's the type of team we kind of want to see. We want them to be on this kind of upward trajectory. So we have learned that St. Louis has two overpriced, disappointing exports. That is Provel Cheese and Clayton Keller. <laughs> I he is a he is another one that I keep on saying is like a I'm like a 
a parent with him. Like I, I root for him to do well, but I get on him for the fact that he is so disappointing. Like he is high key disappointing. And um, I don't know if you guys need to rally some like hometown spirit of some sort, but I know you probably won't do it before the game's against us, obviously. But I mean, nah. past that, we need uh, we need something because he's not performing up to the caliber that the team is wanted for his uh, long-term contract. Yeah, we'll put together a care package that we can give him on their way out, you know, something that reminds him of home that he can take with him because, you know, what's, what's Swansea, Illinois known for? Uh, not much. So uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned your frustrations with Clayton Keller. Uh, Coyotes fans been waiting for him to take that next step. And he just, he hasn't, he carries that big cap hit. What, what really is the future for Clayton Keller in Arizona? I, I'm kind of uncertain in that. And the fact that it's kind of interesting that, um, you know, there's been some players, I think before him was probably Max Domi. Like Max Domi, I thought was going to be, um, I, I had got my boyfriend a jersey because I thought he was going to be the next uh, captain of the Coyotes at that point in time. Like I had my Shane Doan one. He was going to have a Domi one. It was going to be like captain and then the next captain. No, completely like traded him and decided they're moving on from that. And then Clayton Keller came in and he was supposed to be their new superstar. He was supposed to be, you know, um, a Patrick Kane or a Taylor Hall or just they were expecting big things out of him. And they expected him to be a, a brand name and it just never happened. I think everyone thought that when he got um, when the reason why he got this contract is because they thought over the years he would develop and that um, he had just kind of gone through a little bit of a slump. And I just don't think he's ever going to develop out the way that they thought he would. And I think a lot of that has to do with Chaika's analytics way of looking at it. Um, I think if he really would have looked at him as like a person as a player that he would have seen it rather than looking at his analytics. So Kurt Price noting that uh, we have this to St. Louis Institution and now Illinois. Uh, in case you haven't watched us, Kurt, before, we are two-way forwards here on Blue Notes. We will trash both Missouri and Illinois. You know, we have no problem doing that. So opportunity trashers. You took you took the words out of my mouth. Exactly right. Exactly right. Got to be fair to all sides. So now with so with all that said, you know, going into the games this week. Um, what do you feel the Coyotes' biggest strength is? Like, if, if the Coyotes end up winning one or two games against the Blues, they'll have done so because? Because of the fact that they can actually finish. Like, they <laughs> are a solid team if they can, because they will play, on like, both ends of the ice, they will play solid. And it, it will be a great game, but you will never see them take, solid shots they will all be perimeter shots that will be flung at the net and that's when you know that they aren't actually working their systems actually setting up um the way that they're supposed to and i don't know if it's it's a mentality thing if it's a fluster thing i i do think that there is a a problem with their stamina necessarily because whenever they play heavy teams they seem to start out really aggressive and then deteriorate throughout the period. And then they'll come back the next period and, and again, start out strong and then deteriorate. They don't really have an ability to play a full 60 minutes solid. Um, so it will be that if they can play um, a strong full game of hockey and if they can actually score goals for once in their godforsaken lives. 
So wait a second, not playing a full 60 minutes. That's very reminiscent of what the blues were like for mm. the last couple of years. That's, uh, that's really, very really familiar. Odd. Very yeah. familiar. Yeah. Uh, well, well, for for the Blues, their their biggest weakness is they, they take penalties and they can't seem to stop. Uh, if, if the Blues are going to exploit something with the Coyotes, what would that be? They're going to ex- frustrate them in any way possible, honestly, um, because as soon as they. It was funny because I told Richie that he jinxed us when it came to we were um, on the clock report and he had said that the only way that um, the Ducks would beat the Coyotes if he, if they frustrated them by like not letting them score. And, and that is accurate to what happened in the first game. But between that, I think it's also when they play up against guys that like when they're playing Ryan Reeves. He was, he's in your face, he's annoying, and he can get very frustrating. They don't, like I said, come off very soft sometimes, and that's the problem is it if they get laid into and they start getting really frustrated, they start to crumble. They have a hard time coming back in games anymore. That was one of the problems that, um, that coming in as a new GM, he decided that he was going to basically call all of them and over um, – over conference calls, basically tell them, hey, I want you all to be uh, basically less soft and I want you to be able to come back in these games where you were behind on because that was the biggest issue last season. And so I'm glad that that was addressed to them, but you haven't actually seen that translate on the ice. And um, and like I said, the fact they can't play full 60 minutes. Like I saw some really good um, starts to their games against Vegas but Vegas wore them down and they couldn't finish it out. So if they um, if they come and um, start out really hard against the Coyotes and uh, tire them down, that will also be a great way. So actually, there's a few different ways to basically <laughs> beat the Coyotes. There's a lot of soft points in their game right now. Um, I'm just hoping that the Coyotes come out uh, stronger than they have in these past couple, last couple games. Well, Kurt knows that not playing a full, consistent 60 minutes is an issue for just about every team. And it's hard a thing to do when your opponent is making adjustments. So that's a good thing to note. By the way, Kurt, we got to take we, we got to talk about this comment here. So Kurt calls us the Josh Hawleys of the St. Louis Blues podcast. Um, Wags, I think that's a bannable offense, right? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're, you're, wait, you're wait, for, to... uh, for us or for Kurt? <laughs> no, for no, for Kurt. I mean, th- th- that's some like five minute major sitting in the penalty box shit for Kurt right there. Nah, we 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 we, we ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. Um, hey, all right, back... we we got sent to the penalty box for chirping. So oh, by who? So Connor Garland when he was chirping Gibson. So Gibson jumped on him. And oh. Carter Garland got got a coincidental penalty for it. it had, I thought like he we didn't start the entire, he all he did was talk shit and then he got a penalty for it. So I thought you were saying like I thought you were saying like you got put in the penalty box like from Weekly Nightly or something like that for calling them. Oh no, canoes. I said if it if it <laughs> I had to go through a whole thing with my and also they they are in the douche canoe. They are not a douche canoe. I explained that. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So okay. they're in that, the canoe totally like rowing along together. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, back to hockey uh, and, 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 and less canoeing. Um, so 
is there, you know, Coyotes have had a lot of good young talent, you know, coming up, you know, a lot of their forward core, uh, you know, a lot of their defensive cores, you know, on the younger side. Is there here in St. Louis, we have had Jordan Cairo kind of come out of nowhere. I mean, we knew he was a prospect, but he has exploded this year. He has been a point per game guy this year, scoring goals, adding assists, just breaking out this year. Is there anyone like that for the Coyotes this year that's expected to make a big leap this year? Um, I, someone I think actually we didn't expect to make a big leap and is making a big leap is Connor Garland. He's playing far better of a game than I think any of us expected to play this season. Um, he's really fun to watch and he's just been playing really well. He has contributed on all ends of the ice. He is getting under people's skin all the time. He's putting in extra effort. He's literally the only person on the team that's constantly trying to get into a fight with people while also um, holding the top spot with, I think, Dvorak for the most points on the team. So um, he has really been the one that's been producing the most, and um, he's turned into quite the little shit, and I'm pretty proud of it. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of shits, uh, we've tried to get our West Division guest to drop a diss track against uh, another team or podcast. No one's no one's taking the bait yet because well, everyone we've talked to is either Canadian or Nick Floor. Uh, they're just way too nice. Uh, but we've already touched on the, the the douche canoe thing with Weekly Nightly. Do you want to put Weekly Nightly on blast again, or is there another team or podcast that you're just willing and wanting to call out? Come on, this is your Connor Garland moment right here. Well, that's why I I went through a lot with Weekly Nightly. Like we have gone through so much shit talking you have, of recent. You we have seen to, some like, shit. Calm it. Yeah, we we had to like calm it down because it went back and forth. Like I I literally I think got Eric on um, their podcast to say what the fuck, like because he was so <laughs> mad. And Eric so, is, Eric gets feisty though. He gets feisty. Yeah, and that's and that's the funny part is like I get feisty, but like normally it, like when it comes to these situations, I'm very sarcastic. So I <laughs> sometimes forget had to like message Dave and be like, "Hey, so you know, I am not trying to be mean." And then when it came to the whole icing situation, they were all very feisty with people online about um, the fact that they believed it was icing. I still think it's a very questionable call and that it's like, if you were to say one way or the other, I kind of went off on our podcast saying that it's complete bullshit. Like, honestly, it's complete bullshit. If you think that they, for, it was for sure icing or for sure not icing because you can't tell. And they were posting these like bogus ass photos where it was like this blurry screenshot. And they're like, Oh, look, you can see the puck right there. It looks like a black blob. You don't know if it's that must have been Carlo. Or, so I was like, I had to say on our podcast like four times, this is not me attacking Vegas Knightley. This is not me because they have like goons, y'all. They have they do. goons that come out and they just, it's like unleash the, uh, what is, what is it? The flying monkeys from, uh, <laughs> from the Wizard of Oz and they're, they're <laughs> flying monkeys come and attack everyone. Oh my God. Insane. They had people. There was a, a person who had said something to them about not knowing hockey, and they annihilated the person. Like, they locked not just them, but, like, all of their followers. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Man, I, I'm glad we're not getting Vegas in the Central now. Good yeah. Lord. Good Lord. Dark. Good luck, San Jose and L.A. 
damn, damn. Well, all righty. Let, let's let let's let's end this on a lighter note here. And you mentioned icing earlier. You've started issu- you started you started issuing cupcake challenges to other podcasts in our network. So, what brought this about? And is it going to be our turn soon? Absolutely. Like I said, I would love to get you guys on the podcast. Of course, the next episode for whatever god-awful reason, uh, Richie has made a pact with Nick Floor about, I think it was him, doing um, a spicy chocolate challenge. Sounds god-awful Oof. to me. Which he did do earlier, by the way. I didn't have a chance to watch it, but I just know he survived it. Yeah, I, I luckily am not going to be near Richie when he's doing it, but we will be um, streaming it on Wednesday. So that's why, that's the only reason why I said uh, it's probably not best if you guys come on Wednesday because I can only imagine what she's going to be like. Um, but so he's going to be doing that on Wednesday. But maybe um, that next Monday show we could have you guys do the cupcake challenge because it's it's actually a ton of fun. I was really afraid that I was going to throw up because <laughs> you just never know in that situation. And two, I we're shooting it and I kept on trying to figure out how to like explain it and say all these things without it sounding weird, especially like as the only podcast I was going to have like two females doing it. I was like, how do you say this? It's not weird. And, but then there's Richie who like is driving it in the first like couple minutes of um, our Monday podcast. And I'm like, Richie, you can't be describing it that way. It does not sound right. Especially for people who can't see what's going on. They just hear a podcast. Explicit so, rating. exactly but so it started because i take the bottom of my cupcake and i put on the top and then i make like a sandwich so that way there's like cake on both sides of the frosting and uh my boyfriend said i was a psychopath for eating it that way and so i was like you know what i'm gonna go out on twitter and see if i genuinely am a psychopath or not and trolling said the only way to eat a cupcake is to eat it in one like swift bites and that's it uh poly cupcakes said that um the way i eat it is very genius and that um i take very personally because his name has cupcakes in it but so i said i didn't believe him so i challenged him to actually show me he can eat a cupcake one bite and they ate the cupcake in one bite and then chased down with a beer um, I wasn't ballsy enough to do that, but we <laughs> did do um, a cupcake and one to fight. And now we're challenging everyone in the uh, network to do it because we want to see if everyone else can do it. it. It's not the most graceful thing in the world. There's literally screenshots that we have of me going, trying to like fit this cupcake in my mouth, but it's, it's fun content. and it's delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Somehow we got to get that uh, connected to some sort of charity or, or something, raise some money for it as well. I mean, you see, challenge. Yeah, you see all these challenges going around. I mean, that, that would actually be a pretty cool thing to do if we could find some way to make that work. Is there anything oh, like absolutely. we Absolutely. Could we raise money for like uh, like youth hockey or women's hockey or, or, or so, is there a program like that that you know of maybe we can start raising money for? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe, maybe, That's a great idea. Yeah, let's let let's look into that. And and by the way, just just as a disclaimer, you know, we we can't get away with using mini cupcakes. They have to be like the standard issue Valentine's Day cupcake, right? Yeah, and that's what. So Richie, I don't know. Apparently, already had a bunch of the little miniature cupcakes at his house. He goes, "Oh, I was going to uh, just have us eat some of these as a joke," and I was like, "That's not a challenge." 
you actually no. need to like have and then I bought like a, the bigger cupcakes just for my own consumption later because I was like there's a nice middle there you can't get one of the ones that like you know you get at like a cupcake store or whatever or um I don't know if you guys have them in St. Louis but the oh, Jilly's cupcake cupcakes, vending yes. machines Ooh, cupcake cupcake yes. I think we have one of those around, actually. I, I want to say I have one down the street, I think. It, it, it's actually a, a cookie shop, but I think they have cupcakes there, too. So I'll, yeah, I'll have to we, investigate. We have them in Scottsdale, but yeah, so they, so the ones that come out of those are like the, the you know, uh, the ones that like the shops would make. Those are too big. Don't go for that. That's not, there's too much frosting involved. Um, but the oh Seton for Layton. Good job, Richie. What a good idea. Um skating for Layton. Um Layton is I think she was eight. I hate to get that wrong, but um she she just recently died of cancer and so they oh. are are doing a donation for her for um getting uh the girls in uh, youth hockey. So that that actually be really cool. They're doing a, a skate for her right now. So that'd be a really cool uh one to do thanks richie for that but um i don't even remember what i was saying oh yes you have to do a medium-sized cupcake um okay. or you'll either be setting yourself up for failure or cheating yep all right so next monday sporty with Corey and richie wags and i are going to be shoving full-size cupcakes in our faces uh we do it for you the fans and we do and we might be doing it for skate uh skating for Layton as well we we just had uh Layla Anderson and uh her adventure with the Blues and St. Louis fans responded to that big time so i'm sure we can get us our blue nose supporters to uh, help out skating for Layton as well so um also whenever you get to whenever the coyotes move to the central uh, we might have to have you do an emos challenge um and Kurt Price notes that Josh Hawley hates emos too then he says, I don't know if that's true, but he looks like the guy that would hate it. So <laughs> I like the assumption. I like it. I I, I really like it. Uh, it, it. Not only that, but it would be the populist move for Josh Hawley to hate something that everyone else hates. So we're not going to get into politics. That's that's as far as uh, politics we're going to get into here. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for us here, Corey. Uh, thank you so much for being a guest uh, on Blue Notes this week. And where can we find you on social media? And uh, what do you have planned for uh, Sporty with Corey and Richie this week? Um, we are going to be talking about our cupcake challenge, obviously, um, a little bit about the games that are coming up and the games that we've already played. And, um, Richie has some random shit stories again, per the usual. I don't know where the man finds them. They are in some deep, dark hole somewhere. A lot of them come out of Florida. So I feel like any Florida team would hate us. But um, mm. they're usually very entertaining. Um, you can find me, um... At Corey Nicole on Twitter, um, Richie at R Flores ninety one, and um, we are uh, at at Corey Richie Show on Instagram and at Corey underscore Richie Show on Twitter. I always have Richie do that, so I am terrible at it, and I think I just got them all right. <laughs> and hopefully, Richie's watching. If I got them wrong. Well, a good thing you can rewind just in case, you know, someone was like, what did she, she said? What? And then we can go back and rewind. So uh, thank you so much, Corey. And by the way, check out uh, Sporty with Corey and Richie. Arizona is going to be our new division rivals next year. In fact, they're already a pain in our ass because they seem to beat the Blues every time the last, you know, couple of years. So uh, get to know our new rivals. And by the way, uh, secretly, we are working on something for you guys whenever you move to the central little something something on behalf of your future
divisional rivals. So uh, we can't say though until it's going to be a surprise. So I don't know if I'm excited or scared. Uh, it may or, it well, it may or may not include emos. I don't know. Wag, Wag suggested that. I, I I don't think we're I don't think we're going to do emos for you. That's, uh, we don't, no. don't want to hurt them that bad. No, we don't. We don't. We want them to have a have a good impression of us after all. So uh, maybe maybe some some malls. You know, some, some malls barbecue sauce. Yeah, that would mm. be good. That would be real good. We'll, f- we'll figure it out. We have some yeah. options. We can even drop some Vest Cola into the care package. You know, we'll we'll see a little orange whistle. You know, if you know blues fans would know what orange whistle is. So, uh, Corey, again, thank you so much for being on, and uh, we'll talk to you uh, next week. Thanks for having me, guys. Always love seeing you. Thank you. All righty. Well, we've gone ninety minutes here on we've got the- a full ninety. A full ninety. <laughs> This was an action-packed stormer the 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 whole night here. And uh, any final thoughts? You, you know, I'm I'm just excited for what we've got coming up this week. Uh, the the Arizona games are always, uh, I would say, fun, but because they always beat us, it's not so much fun for us. But I think they are going to be fun. And then we got Colorado coming up as well. This is going to be a very very important week for the St. Louis Blues. And if they can get through this with you know six points. Uh, I, I would be very, very happy, I think. I would be very happy as well. Kurt insists that Corey would love emos. And um, I just, I, I, I don't think so. I, I just, I don't see it. Then again, I don't know what the kind of caliber of pizza that you can get in Phoenix. You know, That's true. So, it could be a step up. I mean, but, but it's like, here's the thing with me and emos. So my, my favorite pizza place in St. Louis, you, you, I've bragged about it multiple times. It's this little hole-in-the-wall spoken word word of mouth place called la pizza it is on del mar and old bonham near uh near 170 in university city legit east coast pizza made by a family from queens once i had that pizza i'm not going back to fucking emos that i mean seriously how i've had quality i have had real honest to goodness east coast quality and you expect me to go back and you know pay forty bucks for emos? Really? No. Really? Really? No. See, for me, I uh, I grew up on Pantera's pizza, and okay. thankfully, thankfully, I've got a Pantera's out here in O'Fallon, so we get it. I don't get it as frequently as I'd like to, but you know, you order a hunk from Pantera's, and you are mm-hmm. getting more than what you're paying for. So mm-hmm. for me, it's quantity over. Well, it's quantity and quality <laughs> over emos, yeah. essentially. So, you know, but I'll say this: if emos were to sit there and say, "Hey, we'll pay you X amount of dollars to promote our product," I'm signing on the dotted line. <laughs> emos is the best. It's number one. It is, you know, f- you know, fuck what Dave Portnoy says. It is, it is the bomb. By the way, Kurt will does admit that he loves. I, I assume that's but Pantera's, not Pantetas. Uh, English is hard. Pantitas because yeah. Pantitas might be pretty good too. By the way, I will admit I grew up on Cecil Whitaker's, and See, I, now, I I like and I and I like Cecil Whitaker's, and they're also affordable, especially compared to Emos. We had uh we had Sarah's Pizza uh growing up in Maryland Heights, it's sort okay, of very know. similar to Cecil Whitaker's. Um, I. I, see, I've never been able to get into thin crust pizza. I just can't. I, I don't know why. I think it I, it, it must be because it, it's legitimately thin. I can't even eat like Pizza Hut thin crust pizza. It's still yeah. too thin for me. I gotta have some substance to my pizza. It just it doesn't feel like you're getting value. Like yeah. if you get if you get thin crust pizza from Domino's, Pizza Hut, whatever, you're paying the same price, mm-hmm. but you're getting so much less dough. Yeah, you know? oh, yeah. It, it's like it's like why bother? More um, dough for less. Exactly, and it's just. You know, I also worked at an Emos at my at my very first job, 
So I got to eat emos all the time and I got so sick of them. I didn't eat them for, you know, like 10 years. Um, I think St. Louis style pizza, honestly, is something that if you have not experienced quality pizza elsewhere, it's fine. But once you've experienced good East Coast pizza or good Detroit pizza, uh, I don't want to say Chicago deep dish because Chicago deep dish sucks, in my opinion. Um, but once you've, once you've had a bit, uh, you, you, you like Chicago deep dish? I do. Why? It's, a, it's, not, it's not pizza. It's a casserole. Exactly. I like casserole. <laughs> so maybe you can't call it pizza. I, yeah, I just, yeah. I mean, it, it, for me, I, I, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I, I'm, I'm German, but I love Italian food. Maybe it's just because of my nature to, you know, our heritage to take over things like that. Uh, I, I like Italian food and yeah. that's like, for me, that is like quintessential Italian food. It's, it's everything. It's pizza. It's pasta. It's everything kind of all seem to roll into one. And I absolutely love it. I, I have 0% Italian in my heritage and yet it's my favorite food. I guess I've just gotten unlucky with Chicago deep dish. I've had it maybe five times and each time I've just been kind of whelmed, you know, not, you know, not, you know, not, not, not underwhelmed or overwhelmed, just whelmed. It's, it's uh, a little bit more expensive than it probably should be. Yeah. But for me, I've had good experiences. Yeah. Uh, do casseroles have crusts? The good ones do. <laughs> the good ones do. That's right. That's right. You know, like like a green bean casserole. You know, you get the, uh, uh, you know, like that uh, bread, French, onion stuff. French onion chips. And the stuff. French onion chips. Yeah. yeah that, that, that gets crusty. That gets mm-hmm. crusty. By the way, Kurt is apparently doing all this on his treadmill. So I feel in the future, Wags, we need to do our show on a treadmill if we're going to keep up with the Kurt Prices of the world. Ooh, um, it's really bad is I'm looking to my right and I literally have a treadmill right to the right of me. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm tired. Just, I'm tired. Just looking at it. Located on the best city in the Mississippi. The best in the Midwest. <sighs> no, that you don't want to hear that. Okay. I just, I, I turned off so many listeners, uh, just even by doing that. <laughs> so we, that may be too hazardous for, for, uh, human consumption there. All right. I think we've gone long enough. It is 1130. I'm getting slap happy. I have to be at work in two and a half hours, but I do this for you, the viewer and you, the listener. And I want to thank you because without you, there's no me. There's no wags. There's no Luke Whitbin. There is no guy, the Hawaii blues fan, and there is no entire freaking hockey podcast network. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump and always play to the whistle. A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun. Jeremy Boyer, play us out.
You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.